Welcome everybody to uh, another EPMI cast episode. And today we are focusing on how we built this, how we built EPMI. I'm marketing manager, Alex Cadet, and uh, I brought uh, Nihar Parikh and Chen Lin and Fletcher Cox. Um, so Nihar, do you wanna uh, introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks Alex. Um, and uh, I'm glad to be here again for another episode of EPMI cast. Excited about today's conversation because we get to talk about our inception and uh, how we got to where we are today. And um, I'm Nihar, one of the co-founders and uh, CEO here at EPMI. And uh, Fletcher, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hey everybody. I hope you're not tired of hearing from me yet. Uh, my name is Fletcher Cox, part of the sales team at EPMI. I joined about two and a half years ago. And even within that time frame, we've grown a lot, changed a lot as an organization. So uh, looking forward to go back, going back to the beginning and kind of share how we've evolved to the organization you know and love today. Chen? Hey guys, I'm Chen Lin. Happy to be here with you guys uh, today. Um, I was, I guess, technically employee number one at EPMI, so I've, I've seen a lot of the uh, the uh, trials and tribulations through the years. Um, but I'm here today. I'm now the VP of Technology at the company, so I've seen a lot of growth and happy to discuss it with y'all. Great. So EPMI was was founded in 2012 by Nihar Parikh and Jay Chaney, and like uh, Chen said, he was employee number one. Um, so I would just like to learn a little bit more since I'm new, I, I, I started about a year ago. So I would like to learn a little bit more about the history. So, uh, Nihar, could you, could you go into like your background, how you kind of started in this space, um, studies, things like that? Sure. Yeah. So, um, I graduated from the university of Texas, um, back in 2007. So many, many moons ago. And, um, uh, I really, you know, I think around that time there was a financial crisis going on, uh, 2007, 2008, and that time frame, you know, started looking around for jobs. Um, you know, a lot of my friends were going into either consulting or banking. It was pretty common for a lot of econ graduates like myself, and I think Chen and Fletcher, are you did econ too. Uh, you wouldn't know by talking to me, but yes. Yeah, so <laughs> a lot of economics on this call, um, but um, you know, and that's kind of a generic degree right i mean you know it's, it was part of the liberal arts college at at um at ut and so we got um you know definitely a, a business slant and a lot of fundamental business concepts but you know you can kind of go almost anywhere i was originally gonna i took the lsats i was planning on going to maybe law school um had a you know i guess you know uh i guess a, an inclination towards uh, argumentation and things like that from a high school career and speech and debate but at any rate, I, got, I digress. Um, I ended up um, getting a job with a firm that was a boutique Hyperion consultancy based out of Houston. And, um, you know, they were really well known and respected in the industry and um, had, a, had a lot of good learning opportunity, um, you know, being part of their practice, um, uh, becoming an Oracle EPM or a Hyperion instructor, uh, teaching a lot of the, the training classes that Oracle offered on the platform, the tool set. And then um, also doing a lot of infrastructure type of work. So everything from installing the software, upgrading customers to the latest and greatest versions. This is around the time when Hyperion System 9 was very popular, one of Hyperion's premier versions. And uh, version 11 of the, I think it was called the Talleyrand release just came out. Um, and so when version 11 came out, a lot of customers were moving to Hyperion version 11 from version 9. And so I got to see customers like you know Continental Airlines, United Airlines merge and how that system kind of played out. Uh, I worked with um, a lot of oil and gas companies here around Houston from um, utilities companies, 
um, and um, really learned a lot of the the core product offerings from an infrastructure perspective, because that was where you really got to see the nuts and bolts of how things under the hood worked. And I think that shaped a lot of the way I think about the software and the platform in general before, you know, the cloud was even a concept. Um, so after um, that company was acquired, um, there was just, um, I think, an opportunity in the local market to create another boutique consulting firm. Um, because, you know, as as companies, you know, um, as, as no, what normally happens, you know, when a company is acquired or is merging with another company or there's change in ownership, there's usually um, a cultural shift. Um, there's also some changes in business priorities. And, you know, there's also an opportunity uh, with that change. So, um, you know, we thought that there was an opening in the market for a another boutique um, Oracle EPM focused consulting firm. And so um, we ended up you know, landing one of our first customers was um, a very large oil and gas company here in town um, and a very large global food services or consumer products company. And so those are our two big kind of key anchors as we, when we first kicked off to kind of set the foundation and allow us to generate some revenue in the beginning. So, um, you know, uh, when, when we did that, um, we were really just two guys with laptops, kind of like independent contractors, um, you know, really with with nothing more than just our, our own time available as as a resource to offer our customers, and you know, luckily, it's not. I don't think that we're we're, we're any special or anything, anybody special or anything like that. It was just that there was a, a high demand in the marketplace for for good talent, and we were getting a lot of requisitions. And we thought that you know what, it's it's probably a good time because the wind's at our back. Let's let's try to bring on some folks like like Chen um, and see if we can build a company out of this. So. You know, one of our first company projects was EPMI was an insurance company here, also locally in town, where um, Chen was actually brought in to help um, help build out that uh, application environment and was a great, successful project, you know, live customer reference on EPMI paper, and we haven't looked back since. Sweet. So how did you meet Jay and, and then Chen? So uh, Jay and I were actually previously colleagues at the firm that, that got acquired. So um, he and I were acquaintances there. And, you know, Jay really had a lot of tenure in the business, been doing this a long time, and was really one of the, one of the most, and still is, a very well-renowned expert in this field. And, uh, you know, he's always one of our most utilized consultants, is actively sought after by our customers, and delivers tremendously successful projects from a both a technical and a functional perspective, he's got it all. So, you know, me being, you know, fresh, somewhat fresh, you know, out of school, um, it was nice to have that, that support from somebody who was tenured in the industry. Yeah. And then Chen, what's your perspective? How did you kind of get into this? I think um, I was coming kind of fresh out of school. So for me, it really wasn't about what I knew, but, but kind of who I knew. So um, I knew um, one of Nihar's acquaintances and um, he introduced me to, to Nihar. And, you know, we had a discussion that, you know, Nihar said he was starting a company and he tried to explain to me what Hyperion was. And uh, I was a little bit confused, but it sounded like there was a, a good mix of, um, of business interaction, a good mix of technology in there. So I thought it might be a good fit. So um, I gave the thing a shot, uh, did a lot of learning, uh, credit to Jay and Nihar for giving me good coaching and mentorship on the way, but um, it ended up being something that was uh, pretty interesting. So I've stuck with it since then. Um, you know, Chen uh, was actually introduced to me through my old college roommate, shout out to Moksh, 
uh, Donnie, who actually introduced us. And, you know, it was really, um, it was really great because, you know, for someone like, like Chen, who, who had to come in through your point, Fletcher, of the on-premise environment, there wasn't really a whole lot of documentation, you know, Google was still there, but there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, YouTube or, you know, a lot of freely available information. So back then, you know, it was really, really tough to be able to just kind of figure stuff out. You had to roll up your sleeves and, you know, kudos to Chen for being able to do that and really picking it up along the way as, as, as one of our, you know, key technology contributors. So um, I just want to acknowledge that. Where we're kind of at the story, it was like, you three were you guys like in a Starbucks office uh, coffee space? Where did you kind of work all together? And were there any other like key standout like points of EPMI's history where it kind of like hit the ground running? Well, you know, like some my daughter won't ever know this, but before COVID, um, that we used to work in corporate offices, and um, we had clients that had their own office spaces, massive office spaces. And um, what's great about being a consultant is we could take advantage of those office spaces as our workspaces. So um, as we uh, were, you know, at different client engagements together, we got to, we got to collaborate there. Um, we actually, you know, also, um, you know, kind of the analog or the, the contrapositive of that is that, you know, um, we were using a lot of these remote working tools before COVID also. So things like, you know, Zoom, we've been using for many years now. Before that, it was GoToMeeting. Or, um, you know, uh, Google Apps, I think, um, you know, we were definitely an early adopter there. Um, so I think that um, in terms of, you know, working out of a coffee shop stuff, yeah, absolutely. I do remember holding, you know, some some training courses for some early hires in the Starbucks. Um, but, um, you know, we, I think we got our first office back in, uh, I want to say about 2013, 2014-ish. Um, it was a uh, in a, in a medical plaza kind of, um, with a, some class C or class B type of office that, um, you know, it was really just a place where we could all kind of huddle together and, um, and, uh, and take advantage. And it turned out that everybody just wanted to sit together in a conference room anyway. So, um, you know, when they weren't on a customer, um, it was nice to be able to all get together there, but, you know, most of our work to your point, Alex is, um, is really happening at customer sites pre COVID. So, um, that's where we'd all work together. I say that I don't, I don't miss those like client laptops. I could give you like a 10 to 15 pound brick of a laptop. And um, like, this is what you have to use to access their system. And you have to have a VPN and you have to have an RSA token, like all this uh, mumbo jumbo, just to be able to get in and do something. I really don't miss that part of it, but certainly um, that FaceTime was, was very important. Uh, and Chen, I know you've been here for a while and we worked a ton together on everything from pre-sales, project delivery, post-go-live, but you've been at this for a while. Could you share a little bit about your first project and how that's really driven your career from there? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, that, that was fun. So as Nihar mentioned, one of our first uh, customers was an insurance firm uh, here in town. And, and that was a, a great learning experience for me. So going in from kind of like theoretical knowledge, right? So learning from uh, PDFs and printed training materials and things like that to actually going into a real world, real life customer environment and, and having to, to make improvements, um, create financial reports. Um, that was uh, really kind of like, um, uh, it, was, it was a great experience for me, right? So like one of the, the big challenges that we had was that their, their financial reporting at, at that company was not very strong. Like the the reports that they currently had were, were not very robust, right? It was um, a lot of hard coding going on, a lot of like one-off reporting 
in there. So we were able to help kind of standardize uh, the reports and make make them dynamic, make them write once, use everywhere. Um, so that was that was really great for me because I really kind of learned like um, the uh, what the value that we provide to a customer really right, like as a consultant. So, so taking something that is highly manual, highly inefficient, uh, making it become efficient for them to use where they can click once and get like a nice, uh, nice printable book, right? With a table of contents and like, here's your income statement, here's your balance sheet, here's your cash flow statement, here's your 10 key, whatever those reports are that they care about on a, on a weekly, monthly basis, you know, we were able to provide that for them. Um, I also kind of took from that uh, on, on kind of like the personal growth note, um, doing things more efficiently on my end, right? So becoming a better consultant was a, a good lesson for me there where we had to write 50 reports and um, hopefully, you know, by report number, number 10, you're doing things faster than you're doing on report number two, but even beyond that, just learning kind of best practices for development, um, you know, where you can uh, minimize the, the need for your customer to maintain something after you're gone. That was a big deal, right? Not hard coding things like years, like using something called a variable where you can make it dynamic for them, where they can update it in one place instead of 25. Um, so that, that was great. And also kind of learning um, how to work in a, in a corporate professional setting, right? Like um, I'd say the, the culture really on each project depends on your customer. So in that case, they're, they're a, you know, a very rigid culture, um, but I was able to, to kind of work through that and, and build some nice reports for them that I, I think they kept using for, for quite a while after we left. So um, always happy to talk about that one. Yeah, and you brought up a good point on culture. Um, I think internally at EPMI, we kind of have a get it done culture, um, a kind of a culture of problem solving. Chen, you exemplify that more than most. Prior to joining EPMI, could you share a little bit about you know yourself personally and maybe where you'd worked before? Because, I mean, ask anyone who we work with, you know, Chen always seems to figure out whatever problems at hand. So I'd like to learn a little bit more about the drive, um, you know, how Chen's solving all these problems. Yeah, I mean, that's a, yeah, happy to share, right? Like, um, similar to, to you, Fletcher, and similar to Nihar, like, I came from a, an economics background at, at University of Texas. So um, just, I, I think that that kind of education just gave me kind of like a little sense of, um, of analytics of like working through models and then realizing that um, <laughs> economics is not a very practical, um, you know, career path to go down. So um, that was a, a great learning experience for me. And then couple that with uh, some of the, the other experience that I had in college, like one of the, the jobs that I had in college was uh, working as like an Apple uh, tech support rep. So uh, I've always had a passion for technology. Like um, I've been around computers and building computers and messing with software since I was young. So um, I, I got into that space and that was back in the, um, uh, it was iPad number one. Uh, to date myself. And also, uh, I, iPhone 3GS had just come out. I think that, that's, 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 yeah. that's when, that's that time, right? So uh, the, the questions that, that we got, uh, just I was feeling support requests, right? So I, I helped like thousands of people uh, in that, that year that I had that job. So um, I think that, that really just gave me a lot of um, confidence in myself and my ability to, to solve problems and really to kind of visualize uh, challenges that, that a customer would have, right? So they'd, uh, we'd have, <laughs> we'd have, you know, senior citizens calling us and they just got the, the latest and greatest uh, device and they, they wanted to know how to put their pictures on it of their grandkids. And, and you know, we, we didn't have the, the type of like remote capability that, that I, I imagine 
agents have now, like they, you can't remote into their phone, you know, you can't get on a Zoom with them, anything like that. So it's all, you know, by feel over the phone. So yeah. um, I, I think that that's that type of experience really helped me. And in, in addition, my, my tech background kind of lended me to to where I am, right? Where where you really need that that blend of skills, like both um, the, the ability to communicate, you know, with, with the business, the ability to translate the business's you know needs into technology like that's a that's a really unique skill set and and it's a credit to all of our consultants at epmi who really have mastered that and, and been able to, to bring that for our customers you can always kind of tell right when somebody's developing whether they're going to be a leader a salesperson you know somebody's customer centric customer um or problem solving centric stuff i think we see both of that in both early on in both the all's careers um well nihar you know starting the company being a leader, kind of taking that risk. Could you share a little bit more about what drives you and what led you to make the decision, I'm going to be the founder of a company? I, I definitely did have, you know, um, I guess always a, uh, a passion for, for going a little bit outside the rules. Um, you know, I was, I was um, not a great student. Um, I, uh, I slacked off a lot. Um, I was bored in class. Um, you know, so I think that I had trouble kind of keeping attention. And I think part of it is I've undiagnosed ADD. And so um, now uh, when when things become a little bit too comfortable, I always get a little antsy. So just, I think, kind of staying staying hungry um, and you know, treating everything as if it's my first time um, is, is a core core principle I try to live by, um, not taking anything for granted, you know, always reinventing. Um, and, you know, it's um, it's a different... I think mindset to to start something, which is really easy to do, but to build and grow and maintain is is very difficult, and you really need a, a strong team to help make that happen. And you know, from from many, you know, who leads all of our delivery to Chen, who leads our technology, um, to our project management folks and our consultants and our sales team with you Fletcher and and other folks like Alex and marketing. Um, you know, it's really um, it's really about having that that multi legged stool. Um, you know, that, that you can, that you can rely on. So, um, you know, I, I can't, I can't remember your original question. Um, <laughs> can you remind are you, me? Are you ADD? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think one thing I picked up on, and this is common across any venture that's trying to adapt, grow uh, with the times is taking risks, right? I always like the expression, you know, you never fail until you stop trying. And even, you know, in the two and a half years that I've been here, we have tried so many different business developments, sales, marketing strategies. And it's just, you know, for every 10 ideas that you have, you're lucky if one of them works. Um, one great thing, for example, about Alex coming on board is we always had the idea of a podcast growing a more digital presence. And it's been great to see over the past year, really executing on that, redesigning our website and now, um, you know, producing a podcast almost on a monthly basis um, to really share the way that we do business. Yeah, no, I think it's really important to not be afraid to fail. Um, you know, failure isn't that bad. I think it's just a learning experience, um, you know, and in the digital world, we're not taking any real physical risks. I mean, we're not, I think for the most part, you know, risking our, our livelihood or, you know, our, our daily bread and butter. But, you know, as long as we can afford to take some calculated risks, uh, I think we'll continue to do that to keep innovating and stay ahead of the competition. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that I always think about when, um, you know, when looking back on, you know, um, what we could have done, you know, differently or, or, or better, or, you know, um, if we were to do it again, you know, um, is, is really maybe 
um, creating a corporate structure earlier on, even if we didn't have the, the need for it. Um, so, you know, I think that as we grow um, process is increasingly important and it's something that is like medicine, difficult to swallow at first, but really important in the long run. And so, um, you know, I think that when, when deals are coming in and when everybody's busy, it's really easy to get caught up in um, just delivering your day-to-day goals. So, you know, we talk about working on the business versus in the business. And early on, that was definitely something I did a lot more of was work in the business on a day-to-day basis rather than on the business and how to improve it. And I think as a leader, those, that's our job, right, is to, to make sure that we're, um, you know, building a structure that is sustainable for the long term rather than focusing on the day's objectives. Right. Balancing long-term goals and short-term requirements. You know, we always joke that we're too busy working to do any work. You know, you've, you've kind of heard a little bit about our history and, you know, being here for Alex about a year now, Fletcher, a couple of years. Um, where do you think that, you know, I guess one, how do you feel about your, your position, EPMI's position uh, in, in the industry and in the marketplace? And what do you think that we could, you know, improve upon or do better or learn from? Yeah, so I'll start. Um, when I was interviewing for for APMI, um, I was doing research on the industry because I didn't really know much about the industry. Um, I was kind of at a loss of really what it was and like the actual uh, the actual end product that the the, the client the end user would receive. Um, so. When I came in um, as a marketer, I wanted to explain that more to our clients. I wanted to um, make it just easier for them to understand that information. Um, so uh, when I came in, that's that's what I wanted to do. And that's kind of like the initiatives that I set through like easy to digest forms like a podcast or using like different graphics or um, structuring our blog a little bit different. So the headlines read a little bit better um things like that so um i think as an industry as a whole um especially i was i'm like a visual person so i would go on youtube and there wasn't great videos on on epm either so i wanted to create like our youtube channel and really make it robust and that we're in the process of doing that so kind of that's where i i want to see epm uh, and EPMI kind of uh, uh, take advantage of and, and really um, um, see, uh, that's what I really want to see like in the future moving forward is is how can we make the things that we do because it's super technical and super like, there's, it seems like almost like a black box. I want to kind of open that black, black box to, to uh, consumers and, and businesses that we deal with on a day to day. Yeah, Alex, I think uh, we're drinking the same Kool-Aid here. Um, so I joined a bit before Alex in June of 2019. Um, it was definitely a almost not necessarily a harrowing experience, but I learned a lot. I hate saying drinking out of the fire hose, but transitioning from my first job at Oracle, selling a whole bunch of applications that I do a little bit about all of them to a more uh, narrow and deep role where I had to be a subject matter expert specifically for EPM applications. And I didn't study finance. I didn't study accounting. I studied economics, which... Chin and Nihar, as y'all know, is really just um, it's really just calculus with letters. So it was you know kind of tough to balance that, not super applicable. 
Um, but when, you know, I first joined, I was the first sales hire and immediately I noticed this gap in the, at least the seller space that a lot of uh, Oracle reps and a lot of our customers too, didn't necessarily understand what all was possible with NEPM and then how to communicate that. So within the first 18 months or so, I realized there's a big uh, kind of void between what was being sold and what people knew what they were buying. So this uh, builds upon our marketing strategy now that our goal at EPMI really is to make it as easy as possible to work with EPMI and Oracle EPM. And so that translates into everything we do across you know, the podcast we're doing today, explaining things in layman's terms with real world examples uh, to how we engage with our customers, um, laying out not from a feature perspective, but more of a business process perspective. So it's been really great how Oracle has now put all of the products together that now the entire EPM suite's unified across finance and accounting. And rather than selling, you know, something with a, maybe like a, a shiny name, like, a, I don't know, thing like Ariba or any like, you know, kind of brand name software tools out there, they're now just called by the business process. So I think that translates into how we engage with customers that we're not selling you software, right? We're solving your problems with technology. Yeah. Selling solutions, not products. Right. And, um, and really, you know, I think that, that, uh, that's a really good point because, um, it, you know, unless you, you kind of fell into it or you knew somebody to Chen's point, you know, you kind of have to know somebody to, to get into the industry. Um, it's really difficult to understand what goes on and how a lot of these companies operate, which is one of the reasons why I love consulting is because as a third party, you know, of course we've got, confidentiality agreements and non-disclosure agreements with our customers. So we can't divulge too much, even our customer names sometimes, but we definitely get to see how, how they operate from a top level, right? When you're creating financial statements, when you're working with their planning folks to figure out what they think is going to happen in the future for their industry, for their line of business and for their revenue cycles. Um, it makes it so that, you know, you get a different perspective an in-depth internal perspective that allows you to take that information and that knowledge and translate it to the next customer to make them better. And the whole ecosystem grows because of that, um, that kind of shared knowledge through the whole consulting um, ecosystem. Right. So, uh, and, that, and that presents a great opportunity, all this ambiguity and kind of unknowns, right, in the, our world. So if you go on Google right now and Google what is an account reconciliation, for example, there's not really a cohesive page that explains to you step-by-step what these business processes are. So that's an opportunity for the EPMI team to, you know, offer some thought leadership, offer some real-world examples of, you know, what is a corporate account reconciliation and how can it be improved? Absolutely. Um, you know, there's, there's a huge gap in, in knowledge from, you know, what we learn in school to what most of us end up doing for our careers. And, you know, if there's anything that, you know, we can try to give back to, to our community on, maybe this podcast can help, you know, somebody out there, you know, figure out like, Hey, maybe I'd never thought of this career before. This is something I really want to try. And uh, I just didn't even know what EPMI stood for. After this conversation, hopefully everyone realized that EPMI stands for EPM intelligence. It's a great URL. I love that URL. EPMintelligence.com. It was, it was easy to type out for our customers. <laughs> Two L's. Um, yeah, no, I mean, we, uh, at the time, you know, the kind of the origin story of the name was actually, um, there were two key, you know, product areas that, that we worked on um, in the Hyperion space. One was enterprise performance management and the other was business intelligence. And so, um, you know, the BI kind of got folded within the EPM umbrella whenever, um, uh, you know, the cloud came out. And so a lot of that dashboarding, a lot of the analytics that are available in the BI space have kind of became a part of EPMI and thus EPM intelligence was kind of born. Um, a few years later, um, the EPMI.com 
domain name uh, domain name was um, uh, was acquired, um, and so we were able to shorten it and make it a little bit easier on Chen's fingers to type out. <laughs> lots of lots of fun, a lot of good times. You know, I think um, you know there's there's definitely a, a huge huge gratitude that I feel for you know being able to be at this position now where we have you know a great team, great customers. And we continue to churn out, you know, successful projects to where, you know, it's also, um, you know, been nice to, to put food on the table for our families. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, the next, uh, the next phase of growth that we might fortunately be able to experience uh, in the next few years. And uh, you guys are all a key part of that. So I want to appreciate you guys very much for all your hard work and help. And, you know, I think, um, you know, as we grow together, hopefully we all uh, will gain something out of it beyond just, you know, a, a place to work, but you know, mutual camaraderie, friendships, um, you know, great customers and, and just great experience and, and, a, and a pleasure to, to work with rather than just a job. I hear that. I already went to Fletcher's wedding and I've only been here for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Moving too fast, Fletcher. Slow things down. Uh... Thank you all for, for sharing. That was really uh, insightful for me. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll just end it here. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this, guys. I really appreciate it.